Before AI can help your business predict demand, accelerate growth, inform decisions, automate tasks, reveal insights, generate content, you have to trust it. Introducing WatsonX Governance. Helping you govern any AI as data, models, and policies change so you can scale it responsibly. Let's create AI that begins with trust with WatsonX Governance. Learn more at ibm.com governance. IBM. Let's create. This episode is brought to you by Navy Federal Credit Union. At Navy Federal, it's been the mission to help the military community for over 90 years. And not just help them, but do everything to make sure they not only grow, but flourish. That's why Navy Federal Credit Union has all kinds of great savings and investment options, like share certificates with sky-high rates. So don't hesitate. Start growing your finances today with a variety of savings and investment options. Navy Federal Credit Union. Our members are the mission. Savings products insured by NCUA. Investment products are not insured. Not obligations of Navy Federal and may lose value. This Father's Day, the Home Depot has the perfect gift to help dad be everything he can be. Because your dad is more than just a dad. He's the groundskeeper of the yard, the perfecter of the patio, and the cleaner of the clippings. This Father's Day, power dad's doing with the convenience and gas-like power of Milwaukee cordless outdoor tools from the Home Depot. Plus, get up to $150 off select Milwaukee tools. Find the perfect Father's Day gift at the Home Depot. How doers get more done. Shop for Father's Day now in stores or online at homedepot.com. Pretty thrilled to be here with you, Marie Jo, in your beautiful house slash workspace. Yes, this portion right here is my studio. This is pretty much where I review plans, work every day. Um, if you were here on a regular day, mm-hmm. which I guess it is, but it would be, you know, you would have my my laptop, a couple of iPads. We usually have some plans laid out that we're working on paint chips, all that fun stuff. So this is where I work when I am not out in the field. And then through those doors is the rest of my personal house. So that's been pretty nice to have such a beautiful place to create every day. So I've been lucky enough to get to know you over the past few weeks. And you're obviously, okay, you're a designer. For anyone who doesn't know, Marie Jo is the head designer, Um, founder, all the stuff with JFY Designs, which is one of the most beautiful, I don't even know the correct words to say, but like you just designed the most gorgeous houses in Nashville. How would you describe your, if you had to say like a sentence about what you do, what would you say? Um, Well, thank you. (laughs) Thank you. Yes. You are so sweet to say that. Um, If I had to kind of say our company philosophy in, in, a, in, in short, I would probably say that what we strive to do is something that's very fresh, but also very timeless. But most of all, we really want to create houses that will reflect that particular client. I refuse to just do the same thing over and over. Mm, mm-hmm. I don't ever want to repeat something because it turned out great. Yes. I constantly want to push the envelope. And you let things be a one of a kind. Yes, exactly. Sometimes client will bring me something and say, oh, I loved what you did here. I want this for my house. And I just have to tell them, no, <laughs> no, let's come up with something that's going to be equally as great, but that's just for you. I never want my clients to walk into another home and see something that they love in their own house and feel like, oh, I thought I thought that was my house. Right. And now you see it everywhere else. So that is something that I think is a little unique to us because it is, it's harder. It's harder to come up with something new all the time. Mm-hmm. It frustrates the builders that I work with. They, they're often <laughs> like, just like, do this, it worked. <laughs> yes, exactly. Why, why, you know, but why make easy hard or whatever they say? Um, but I just, I think that's the key to our success is that people come to us knowing that it's not a formula. They're going to get something that feels like them and that is special. So something that I found really 
amazing about you because you're helping us well not helping us you are designing our bedroom which I feel so lucky to have you design our bedroom it's like so we can walk in have this safe peace safe peaceful spot yes. that makes me feel just relaxed and comfortable and so but what I loved about you when you walked into our house you immediately, I could just see your brain going off like a computer. Like every single room in the house, because we were still moving in and everything's still kind of like, we're working all out. Like your brain just immediately has a vision in whatever room you walk in. Like we walked into Michael's studio and like, it just like, you couldn't even help it. It was just flowing <laughs> out of you. All of the thoughts that you had for like, where to hang pictures, what kind of furniture to use, how to like place the furniture, what would look great, a different wall color. Like, is that, I'm sure it's a blessing and a curse. When you walk into spaces, is your brain just like, overloaded with how you see it as it needs to be it's it pretty much <laughs> is and it's one of my I'd say it's one of my strengths but it is a little <laughs> bit of a curse like you said because every my schedule is always so busy and very often I'll go meet a client thinking oh we'll start on this in a couple of months because you know I have to concentrate on these other jobs and then the minute I enter and I see the space and I meet the people, I get inspired. I can see what I envision it to look like when it's done. And then I'll literally come home and be and can't stop thinking about it. And we'll start to put ideas and mood boards together almost instantly. Um, so I have to force myself sometimes to think, OK, the ideas will still be there two right. months from now. Like I told them, slow down, finish these but other projects. Do you projects. feel like sometimes if you don't catch the idea right then, it might leave you? Like you have to just like put it down on paper or put it in a mood board because if you don't grab it, like maybe it'll go away. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, for a while, I actually had like before. For cell phones I had a little mini recorder on my bedside table because I literally would dream about projects <laughs> and I would wake up in the middle of the night knowing that if I didn't as you say write it down mm -hmm. the in the morning I may not remember so I would literally record please remember that you thought about this gorgeous green wall to do in you know whatever brilliant <laughs> yes. you better can't forget yes so I do do that all the time and my my kids get so frustrated not so much now that they're older because they get it but whenever we travel or even just go out to dinner or mm -hmm. stay at a great boutique hotel. Oh, you have all sorts of ideas. I see <laughs> things and I go up to them and I touch them to see what material they've used, especially in foreign countries. Yes. Or even like we'll get on the floor and see how they did this and take photos. <laughs> and like, Mom, like, get off the floor. We're in a five-star hotel. <laughs> Pretty much that. Yes, exactly. No, that's exactly right. And But it's what inspires me. And, and that's how you get fresh ideas um i can show you something upstairs in my daughter's room that was an entire wall in this great little um soho restaurant that chloe and i went to years ago and the minute i saw that wall i thought i can do something so cool inspired by this yes. i'm not never talking about taking it and copying it but in, we're all inspired by everything but being inspired mm -hmm. yes by something that speaks to you and then having it in the back of your mind and when the right room the right opportunity presents yourself that's exactly back to what you were saying i'll walk in a room and think oh my gosh this is the perfect setup and place and mood mm -hmm. to use this inspiration and then you can build a whole room around it and you can't even see the inspiration anymore, but it's really what started the whole thing, if that makes any sense. So when, okay, so like you saw that room in Soho, did you immediately know you wanted to use it for your daughter's room? Or do you sometimes just see things that inspire you and you like create a mood board or you write it down and just like tuck it away and you wait for that moment to show up or you're like, that's where I'm going to put that inspiration, like that inspired me. You're the, you're absolutely correct. That's, that's why I save all of those photos. I have mm -hmm. tons of banks of photos from travel, sometimes even even from scenery, like mm -hmm. certain colors. Mm -hmm. One time on a trip to Nevada kind of inspired a whole scheme of actually something a little bit like what you're wearing, those great <laughs> earthy tones. Mm -hmm. And um, in that case, interestingly enough, we were redoing Chloe's room. And because it was a memory that we had together, this great little meal in this little Soho restaurant, I actually did build something for her room inspired by that one room by that one wall in that restaurant. Yeah. Um, and it was right for her at that time. Um, but but normally it is more tucked away for, and as a matter of fact, a lot of it, things in this house that we built about a year ago now 
is inspired by a lot of our travels and walls and floors that I touched and (laughs) figured out how did they do that and how can that inspire, you know, it's just, it's fun to live in a space that, you know, very anything's possible. Exactly. And very often people will collect art and that, or, you know, photos on their walls that create personal memories. But further than that, you can even have a home that the, you know, the, the construction is even inspired by your own story, if that makes sense. So I love that. So you have taken very many risks in your life. I very much admire you for a lot of reasons. One, you are so just... I looked on your resume too. The word you use is bold. And I like think that to describe yourself, that is so true. You're such a bold woman. You're not afraid to stand in your space, to be a mom, to be a wife, to be a designer. You moved from Canada to here. You pursued, you didn't start off necessarily in design. You were like editor in chief of a magazine. And like you've, you've had all these past lives that you have like gone full force into and you let yourself evolve unapologetically along the way, which I think is so inspiring because I feel like especially for women, sometimes we feel afraid to take risk or we feel like we're not worthy enough to like do all of these things or it's a man's world and it's harder to be a woman and you, you just like bust through those boundaries. How did you get that mentality? How did you get that bravery? Has it just been who you have always been your whole life just to be like, this is what I feel passionate about. I'm going to do this because I know I'm capable. Like, where did that mentality come from? Honestly, I think um, where it came from is definitely from just the way my parents raised me. Uh, My mom was a very bold woman. She was very strong and brave and never backed out of anything. She worked always. Um, and all the women in my life have always worked and several of them are very creative and have had to reinvent themselves due to the phases in life that are inherent to being a woman. So, you know, during the period of having young children, they may have to adapt a little bit, work part-time, but in Quebec, where I'm originally from, um, women all work. It's Mm -hmm. really important. It's, you know, they have their own identity, they have their own career, Um, It is driven a little bit by the economy, but it's, you know, by the type of economy, but it's also a very cultural thing. And there's no like shame in that, because I feel like sometimes women in the United States are shamed. Like you get the mom guilt. If you work, you get mom guilt for not being home. But if you don't work, you get mom guilt for, you know, it's just like there's like all this guilt around it. But I don't feel like you grew up with that existing. I I did not. And I will say it really challenged me so the way that we ended up in the US was very interesting my husband at the time worked for a Canadian company called Nortel um, that had a really large presence in the US but was Canadian so they had huge offices in Dallas and this other Canadian guy that we knew from Toronto uh, really loved him you know felt like he was a great up-and-coming guy and um, offered him a job in Dallas And our son, Julian, at the time was six months old. So the timing of that move, uh, being that I was already staying home for maternity leave at that time, uh, made it a little more appealing because Mm -hmm. it allowed me to, without guilt, Mm -hmm. stay home a little longer and enjoy him Mm -hmm. as a a true baby. so that had a lot to do with our, you know, choosing to move to the U.S. because he was sponsored by Nortel, had a work visa, but I didn't. That it meant that I did not have a work visa and I couldn't wait, work while I was there. Right. Um, so it kind of just took the pressure off for a minute. It it sure did, and it was at first it was sort of a plan for two years. Right. Um, well, then it became five years, and after two years of staying home. Well, basically, we kind of decided, you know what, let's have Chloe, yep. <laughs> my daughter, um, a little sooner than we might have normally, just because I was home mm-hmm. already with a toddler, mm-hmm. not allowed to work, you right. know, uh, officially. So, you know, it's just, it, just made, it yeah. just made sense. Right. So I got pregnant with Chloe, had Chloe, enjoyed, again, the part of, you know, really her as a little baby and even a toddler. But I will say that the the whole time there was a whole lot of adaptation 
because it, it's, I will, this is almost a whole other subject, but I will say that one thing that I've learned to admire in the U.S., and I learned that in those years in Dallas, is such a s- strong sense of community. Yeah. And so the women in our neighborhood had all these little play dates and ways to support themselves. They had this little ticket thing where you would get five tickets and you could exchange with a neighbor with kids about the same age. You would watch theirs while they went to get wow. their haircut. And then, you know, you would return the favor and wow. do the same for them. I mean, I've never heard of anything like this where I'm from. Um, really the, rallying together and saying, let me help you out. And so yes. you can take care of yourself and have a little, like like a little me time because it's so easy to lose yourself and kids. Yes. So that was a lifesaver. The play groups, such a great way to get together with other adults while my husband traveled. Mm-hmm. And, but <laughs> for me, the challenge was, you know, trying to feel fulfilled with just the talk about our child's development and what they're Mm -hmm. doing you know women in that stage of life tend to mainly talk about their kids absolutely and being in that phase of life I can attest to that (laughs) I feel like I am talking to my friends all the time about what are you feeding your kid what's going on with your kid like where are you gonna send your kid to preschool like all these it's just so many questions that you have yeah baby 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 but sometimes you're like can we talk about anything else? Exactly. <laughs> like that part of, you know, I love to read and I used to work full time and mm-hmm. had a very challenging, exciting job with, you know, deadlines that created all this. Sometimes we work 24 hours nonstop to meet a deadline. And Whoa, so the like, adrenaline. Yes, the <laughs> adrenaline. Holy smoke. I miss that so badly. Um, so I found a couple of friends who like to read where we would chat about books and other things then, but inevitably I feel like it always went back to the kids. Right. And that's a little bit what, so I basically decorated Julian and Chloe's nursery to death <laughs> because anytime they were napping or they were at a little play date without me, um, I painted all of Julian's wall, hand painted them, which wow. I've never done that before. <laughs> It took hours, but it just took my mind off of everything and allowed me to not be a mom. And for, have that creative outlet just correct, for you. For just a couple of hours a day or, you know, sometimes mm-hmm. a couple of hours a week even. Right. But those little moments just made me feel myself again. Totally. I get and, that. And then a friend asked me, oh my God, can you help me do my little girl's room? And then another friend would see that look. And that is literally how it got started was just other friends seeing a talent that I had yeah, um, and asking me to help them. And it really just started with me helping them for free because I didn't have a work visa and it was just, I was happy to do it. I just wanted to do something that made me feel at the end of the day, I've accomplished something else than changing diapers and going to the park. Right. I know how important that is. Right. I do not. And right. I will always cherish that I was privileged enough yes. to be able to take that time, you know, at home and have the means to do that. Mm-hmm. But once they started preschool and I had a little time on my hand for me, staying home, doing that time felt unproductive. Right. It just... It was my window to be able to come up with, okay, what's my next challenge? And I'll, I'll tell you a little story. One time, I forget if it was Chloe or Julian, but was very colicky. And I just couldn't, you know, couldn't put them down. They just, I, I'm, pr- I'm fairly certain it was Chloe. And she was in the little baby Bjorn mm-hmm. and I was bouncing her around and trying to And that day, I think I called my husband at work 15 (laughs) times, begging him to come home and, you know, you need to come and take take me a break. I don't know what I'm going to do. I'm desperate. I'm crying too. Sitting on the floor with her, literally bawling. The baby won't stop crying. And you just, and Sylvain did come home at the end of the day, but he, you know, was also working, busting his butt at Mm -hmm. work and, you know, a lot of pressure on him. Those are intense years. When you have little kids and you're working, it's intense. They are. And he, he's super supportive. Best dad ever. Helped in the house cannot complain so I'm in the best circumstances but even then it's hard Mm -hmm. and that day he basically sat me down and said I love you but like who who are you now like I married this strong chief editor of a magazine chief editor badass woman who worked 
you know, who who is so interesting and has an opinion on everything and and is so um, like fiercely independent. And now you're calling me, begging me to come home. It's probably know? a wild shift. And I, I can totally relate to you because you just feel it's, it's not that you're broken down in a bad way. You love these kids so much. You love that you're, like you said, privileged enough to be there, raise them. But you're also like, it's like a rebirth of yourself when you have kids. And like all of a sudden you were this woman who was doing these incredible things. And now you're with a baby who won't stop crying. And that's your existence, your identity. And it's a real big mind shock because men, a lot of the times, just keep going on. Yes. They keep going to work. Of course, they love their kids. Of course, they're great fathers, all that stuff. But they just like continue on. Yes. It's always falls, for the most part, on the woman. Yes. And I feel like so many women have this identity this moment of like, who am I after kids? Like, how do I combine this full woman? The woman who was the full, the the powerful woman, intense, like in, in, an independent before kids, but still wants to be a great mom. Like, how do you combine it? So you were at that moment. I was. And, and him telling me that basically saying like, you, this is not the person that he wasn't telling me he wasn't loving me anymore, but he was saying you know, you, you need to take time to find you out need who you to are. find who you are again, because this is not you. This yes. is not the yes. Marijo that I know and love. Yes. And I get how hard it is, but we're going to have to find a way to make it work because I can't come, you know, I can't come home every time that. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that was the, you know, it, 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 it did make me think of, OK, I, I, I don't think that it can fulfill me completely to just be a stay at home mom. Right. And at that point we were making the decision of we're going to actually stay in Dallas for, we don't even know how long, like he just, you know, chose to, to stay in that role. We're not going back to Quebec where we're from. So I'm not going back to my magazine. Mm-hmm. You know, this is my life now. So that is pretty much when I decided to, you know, we we applied for citizenship. It took years to get. But meanwhile, we got a green card. Mm -hmm. I got a work permit. I was able to start charging for the things that I was doing for free for for friends. And I also found another I found out that through going through that struggle, another one of my friend who actually felt the same exact way, but had never really said either. So she missed working and just was starting and was also very um, creative and not willing to get her hands dirty and do pretty much anything. She was willing to get her hands dirty. She, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So we decided to, to work together. So wow. she, she came on board with me because with two people, you know, in... I mean, at that point, we were working maybe four hours in a day max. You know how it is. You drop them off at, at the little... But don't give a driven woman four hours because she'll get a lot done. I, that's <laughs> exactly what happened. Next thing we know, we were working on the weekends yeah. sometimes when our husbands were yes. home because we were so excited about our little project. You probably felt reinvigorated and you started oh. feeling like yourself again. And yes. But that's yes. what I love about you, Marie Jo, is like here you are in a new country with two babies, not allowed to work, literally, you're legally not allowed to work in the beginning, but then you started making adjustments. You took that leap of faith. You got, you, you, you sat down with your husband, you took a hard look at yourself and you said, what fulfills me? And then you move into a career that you're like brand new at, you have a skill for it, but you just start because you're like, I, I can good at this. I love this. I'm just going to move forward in this career in a new country, like all new, fearless. That's amazing. (laughs) That's amazing. So many people are scared to do that, especially women who feel stuck and feel like they don't know how to move forward. You just made the way. And I think that's encouraging for women to hear that you can just make the way. Absolutely. I mean, if you find a niche, something you're good at, I keep reading these stories of women adapting during this pandemic. Right. Oh, my of, God. Women, like you said, have gotten the brunt of this in the pandemic with kids and homeschooling. Yes, and Yes. I read this. I read this article this week about this woman in New York who literally was making cookies for friends, just like as a little making them happy, brighten mm-hmm. them up their day because she's a good baker. And she now has decided to quit her job. She is making something crazy, like 3,000 cookies a day. Everyone is fighting for her cookies. She has hired these delivery people who are hand delivering it through the city, 
And she's literally kind of starting what she now sees was always her passion and her dream. Wow. By accident, discover that baking, which was always something that made her happy, could be an actual career for her and something that turns into a business for her. And I, I really do believe that when you are passionate about something and willing to work at it, um, because it is hard work. And like you said, I think the key is adaptability. Yeah. Um, you know, it, it didn't stay the same. Um, I grew my business with my children. Yes. So at first, I could only do so much, only take so much. But then they started actual elementary school and middle school and high school. And so I literally grew my business as the time allowed it more because I still was not willing, though, um, you know, to miss out on being their mother. Like I was Chloe's first soccer coach when she was three years old with her little team. And and I don't think I've ever missed one of their soccer games for work. I they'll call me out on this if I did. <laughs> I might have been on the phone a few times on the sideline, not lying about that okay. if there's an emergency. Right. But I was there, I was present. Quality over quantity. It makes me like teary. Because I just feel, I really, I'm so emotional all the time. I feel like it's so hard for women. And I feel like we're in a shift in the world where women are truly, like, empowerment is happening. Women are being recognized for their skills. And it's like, women are being encouraged to, like, pursue their dreams and work hard. But it's also still really hard. We're in a shift where it's happening. It's not like you just wake up and it's, oh, I'm just going to be a badass and have this awesome job and then raise these kids and not have a struggle. Like, it's just, it's just a struggle. And for you to figure out how to make it work for you and to let it flow, you didn't rush the process. You let it evolve. And I feel like that's something that hearing you talk about is really amazing that you just trusted the process and you let it be the process. You didn't try to rush it, it seems. You can't force it too much, correct? Not if you're trying to have it all. Mm -hmm. And and that is, I mean, I love what you just said and it it makes me happy too to see all the progress. It does make me sad that I feel like women are definitely getting set back by this pandemic more than anybody else. Women of all color in all countries. Mm-hmm. Um, we work so hard to to you know to get where we are, and now I feel like we're being set back. But I do think that so much changes is you know are happening. Um, but I think inherently emotionally I mean because we are the one that physically you know carry these babies deliver them that whole natural you know woman maternal instinct I think is hard to deny Mm -hmm. Um, I think that we will always bear the brunt of parenthood more than men whether it's I mean, I think physically and emotionally. Mm-hmm. And so I do think that we're always going to have a little bit of a struggle with balance, with guilt. When you try to do it all, mm-hmm. you sometimes feel there are moments where you feel like you're not doing any of it well. Right. And like, I feel like every woman, especially mom, feels that. I For sure. It's so hard to not compare. I think we all have that oh. friend who's the perfect mom. Oh, my God. On in, especially on Instagram these <laughs> yes. days. You see, like, I see these, like, influencer moms who are, like, they wake up and they look perfect. Everything is perfect from their hair to their clothes, and they make the perfect dinner, and then they have their kid, like, in all their perfect outfits, and they're going to the perfect school, and then they're also, like, running a business and doing all this stuff, and they're happy, and then they're, like, kissing their husband, and life is great. And I'm like... Where's your meltdown? I'm having meltdowns. <laughs> I wish we were showing more of the meltdowns because I guarantee you they're having those meltdowns. Yeah. But, and, and I think it's, you got to show that. I mean, yeah. I literally found my first partner in business kind of while having a meltdown, yeah. venting about it <laughs> yeah. because uh, how I missed having another adult woman that I could really I mean, we were on such, she was very conservative. Of course, I'm from, you know, the French part of the Canada, which is very open and socially liberal. And we would have the most interesting debates while we worked. We still, to this day, have tremendous respect for each other. But we had these adult, you know, debates for those four hours of on all subjects. I learned so much um, culturally about the U.S. just chatting with her and I just I would get home well I would go pick up my children 
and come home and then take them to the park and to soccer practice and all these activities, feeling rejuvenated yeah. and feeling like my brain had worked that day in yeah. so many ways. Yes. You know, because when you associate yourself with like-minded people, and I mean that by another woman who wants to go out there and feel like she's doing something for others and for herself mm -hmm. because it could be volunteering. Mm -hmm. It could be whatever makes you happy, right? Just um, finding that thing that makes you feel alive as yourself. And I truly believe that that made me a better mom. I mm -hmm. think that if I fought my nature, how I'm wired and just thought I need to toughen up, they're all doing this. Mm -hmm. Why can't I do this? I'll do the... It just wasn't my path. I would have been miserable. Yes. So then I might be divorced by now because yes. I wouldn't have been my true self and right. would have ended up, you know, complaining all the time, becoming more and more unhappy. Resentful. Resentful mm -hmm. can lead to depression. Yes. Can, you know, we all need to have our own identities. Yes. So it's truly for me, it made me a better mom. My kids would sometimes make jokes, you know, why their lunches weren't nearly as nice looking or, you know, sometimes lunch was $5 instead of the perfect little bento box that their friends had. But, but they're fed and they're loved. They're fed and they're loved. And I will say, I mean, after school, it, it was all about them. Mm -hmm. Take them to the museum, read with them, challenge them. Um, but I, I see Chloe now who's going to start law school in the fall. Oh my gosh. And <laughs> I know. Why am I crying? I'm like, it's just like crazy. To, like you probably are so proud to see that you have raised this, especially woman. Obviously you've raised a great young man too, but an independent woman who yes. feels empowered to like pursue herself. Well, I'll send you this little link because, um, you know, she's on the soccer team at your, her university, Lee, at her university, Lehigh. Um, and they did this whole little segment this month on basically women empowering change, feminism, like what can women do to advance, help advance other women? And it, it had to do, they had to basically speak to why I'm choosing this career and how I'm hoping to entice change. Mm. So she had to do a whole little segment and think about you know, okay, I'm choosing to go study law. Why am I doing this? And how can I, and Chloe's always been very interested in, in, um, women's right to begin with. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of her dream is to help fight for women and advance women right in law using the law. Um, and it just, and, and, you know, she has now come around to saying things like, you know, that seeing a strong role mother, uh, model, someone who showed her that, you know, you can work. Obviously, I was very different from the rest of her friends, mothers, mm -hmm. who she would come home and be like, why can't dinner be this perfect? And why? <laughs> You know, and but I don't even try to cook. I gave it, that up. I literally like I'm like cooking is off my table. I'm not doing it. Well, and who's to say that it's your job? I, know. I say that all the time. Right. Like, why who's, is it just like the woman's role? Like Michael exactly. is a great cook and he just sort of took that over. And I'm like, you're the cook. And exactly. that's it. And he loves it. And it's great. Like, you, why does a woman have to do that? It's a partnership, mm -hmm. right? You decided to create a, an entity together. Mm -hmm. And who's to say that you have to cook because you're the woman. Right. I mean, I totally refuse to. I personally love to cook. It's sort of Another therapeutic for me. And it is. Mm -hmm. I think. And see, for Michael, I That's bet it's feels. the same thing. Oh, he loves it. It's so creative for him. To me, it's just a chore. Uh, so interestingly, my mother was the same way. So my dad was always the one to cook most because my mom felt the same way. To her, it was another chore. Yeah. And we made fun of what she cooked because yeah. she just did it like a roll. You know, she just did it to get you she fed. She just did it to get it done, whereas <laughs> my dad would create these great meals yes. or be, you know. That's and exactly he was like me and Michael. the creator in, in the couple. And so it, it's a partnership. It mm -hmm. should be. My parents very much had a, we're a team. That's and awesome. And there's no set role. As what a matter role model. What that, role models? My, my father often was the one to clean most too, just for some weird reason. He found that kind of peaceful and, you know, and my, my mom loved um, gardening. She would much rather spend three hours digging dirt and doing mm -hmm. stuff outside. That's how she would relax my dad actually enjoyed that also, but you know, they just did everything together. There was yeah. no set role. And I do think that that's the strength of French Canadian culture that I'm glad 
I have even in my new life here in the US. Um, because here too, like I was speaking of that community and there's so many great things that, you know, that are inherent to this culture mm -hmm. that I have now that we've integrated into our lives. And I think this, you know, it's such a gift. I, I, I sometimes I'm so torn with sort of having this double. Right. How do you balance identity that? Identity. You've had such a huge life as a French Canadian, but you also have a huge life as an American. How do you? I've really learned that. to try to cherish like the best of both. And because now I, I feel like I see more critically the other side, what Canada and Quebec in particular might not do so well. And when I'm there and we chat with family and, and talk about how they view the U.S., you know, well, I'll often feel obligated to defend the U.S. and be like, <laughs> it's not like that at all. Those are preconceptions. This is how it is. And here are some strengths of, and I find myself doing the same thing here, defending some of, you know, people will be like, oh, Canada, you guys, you know, and, and it's so funny, but it's really made me kind of embrace that whole biculturism of, you know, take the best of both. And with our kids who really grew up here, mm -hmm. mainly, I think, in Nashville, I mean, Julian was in first grade when we moved here. Um, they are quite Southern. And Julian's very much a gentleman. He opens doors. They say, ma'am, sir, which is something that <laughs> is so different than from how we grew up. Um, it, it's, you know, I love that they have that. I love that they have the open mind of being a little more, I'm not sure how to say that, but because they've been exposed to other ways. Yeah. They just have a very open mind about different culture. They know that there's a lot of ways to live. Yes. You don't just have to be in one particular culture. Like you can be a Southern, grow up Southern, but you can also appreciate and identify with other ways to live. It doesn't have to just be one way. Yes. And I, it was interesting for me to watch them struggle with that a little bit in school. Um, like, who am I? How do I fit in with my parents are not the same as her parents. And, mm -hmm. you know, we eat differently. We, you know, I grew I cook French a lot still. Mm -hmm. But when when we first got here, I mainly cooked what I knew. Right. And so and my kids would be like, oh, mom, you know, so and so's coming over for dinner. Please don't cook anything weird. <laughs> Please make a hot dog and hamburgers and French fries. Yes. <laughs> You're like, no, but this is so much better. <laughs> but they would be like, no, it's not. <laughs> to this day, Chloe will ask me to make her grilled cheese with, like, she's like, please use, like, white bread and <laughs> a yellow slice. Because she would ask for a grilled cheese while during a play date, and I would use a leftover baguette, and I would have oh, some gruyere and cheese, and I'd throw a little brie. Like, I would mix, like, oh all these gosh. leftover cheeses. And they would be like, what is this? Or It's heaven on earth, and I wish I could eat that. <laughs> it's a gourmet grilled cheese. Yes. But yeah, we, um, she, so, you know, I, I, I definitely watch them sort of have to learn to juggle. And, but now I look at the result, and I feel like they have the best of both. You know, mm -hmm. they're not perfect. I'm not saying that. But they have a very interesting approach. And they really have the best of the, the South a little bit, which is so interesting. This Father's Day, shop at the Home Depot to find the perfect gift to help dad be everything he can be. Because your dad is more than just a dad. He's groundskeeper of the yard, the perfecter of the patio, and the cleaner of the clippings. He's the weed-fighting, hedge-trimming, leaf-blowing lord of the lawn. He sees the job, and he gets it done. Because your dad is a doer. So show him you appreciate everything he does with the tools he needs to power up his landscaping game. This Father's Day, give him the convenience and gas-like power of innovative and durable Milwaukee cordless outdoor tools from the Home Depot. Plus, get up to $150 off select Milwaukee tools. For everything Dad does, everything he is, and everything he can be, find the perfect Father's Day gift at the Home Depot. How doers get more done. Shop for Father's Day now in stores or online at homedepot.com. Father's Day is coming, a day we celebrate the guy who's always there for us to crack a dad joke. Well, you know what's not a dad joke? Getting $50 off the Bartesian Premium Cocktail Maker with the purchase of his favorite cocktail capsule pack. $50 off, no dad joke. See, this is a dad joke. 
I lost my glasses today, and guess who I bumped into? Everyone. Ugh, but the Bartesian cocktail maker? It's no joke. Each cocktail capsule contains real fruit juices and all-natural bitters, so Dad can make over 60 premium cocktails he loves. Sidecars, old fashions, gimlets, all with the push of a button. So, for the dad who loves a cocktail with friends and a good joke from time to time, get the Bartesian premium cocktail maker. $50 off now until Father's Day. Visit B-A-R-T-E-S-I-A-N.com backslash father to get 50 off the best premium cocktail maker for dad at the best price for you. Bartesian, premium cocktails on demand. Are you tired of your scented cleaning products smelling and cleaning like meh? Then it's time for an upgrade with the power of Clorox Sentiva. With an uplifting scent that smells like coconut, Clorox Sentiva gives you powerful clean like Clorox, but a feeling like being transported to a tropical island retreat. Imagine putting your phone on Do Not Disturb, tuning out all the constant, just the feeling of warm sand in between your toes and a fruity drink in your hand. The ones with the little umbrella. Refresh your home to feel like an all-inclusive vacation by getting Clorox Sentiva. Also available in grapefruit and lavender scents at a nearby retail store. What are some of your favorite traits that you ha- that you got from being French Canadian? Um, definitely. Uh, well, bold would be one. I think that French Canadian period are very um, strong-minded, opinionated. You know, it's the Latin so- side of the bl- like mm-hmm. French Italian mix, sort of um, of just being pretty much very much who you are mm-hmm. very authentic mm. and not embarrassed about it that's awesome um not scared to to express your opinion and your views share them with others i've learned to be um that is something that i've learned here from the south of being more gracious about it and standing back and listening more my opinion is not the only opinion that matters that's what you've learned from being here yes Okay. It is because when you live in a place where everyone sort of essentially feels the same, it's so easy to start thinking that's how it should be. Right. But no, it's not how it should be. That's how it is here. Who knows how it should be, right? That's what we all have to work on. Okay. So that's Um, interesting. So being here, you've actually learned to like step back and listen a little more. For sure. And also appreciate other opinions that are so different from mine sometimes, but just to learn from them and, and also, um, grow from that, you know, learn Mm -hmm. to see the other side and that teaches you to sort of go over to the other side a little bit in a way, because you're seeing all these people. We have so many friends who, you know, respect that we respect and love. We love their families. We love their children and how they raise them and and the great kids that they've Mm -hmm. raised also. And so there's so much to learn from that, you know, to respect other people's opinion. I, I would definitely say that I was a little more, you know, I know, I know on that subject. <laughs> um, and it's, you know, when we go home, that is literally what happens. We, we cook for hours, we drink for hours. <laughs> sounds kind of awesome. And then we argue oh. <laughs> <laughs> about everything for hours. But it's, the, and we are, when I say we argue, we kind of feel we very much have the same opinion very often. Mm-hmm. It's almost more of a playing devil's advocate. Uh-huh. Like we love to debate so much. That we create debates by, like, with fake arguments <laughs> to see what the other will say. It's like the sport of arguing oh is very French Canadian. And my, it's one of the reasons my daughter would probably tell you that she's she going to wa- be a lawyer. Yes, it's so in her. Wow. It's like if you say go this way, she will be like, but but what about this little path? That looks interesting. And you know, there's a good point to that. Why not? Yeah, and yeah. that's definitely how I am too just you know just not the way that you say is not necessarily what I'm gonna accept you know right and that has to do with design too I it but I appreciate that because you're not just gonna take this standard answer you want to know why and then you want to know why is there not another way and why can't we explore this other way exactly and then if the original way was truly the best way at least you explored every other option to know that yes but that is a lot of what I've learned here with some friends who just are, um, it is just to 
to respect the fact that it's okay to realize that you're wrong yeah and to admit it yeah and to have heard the argument or the other way and say right. you know what I've tried it, but you're right. This was better. And there's something really beautiful about that to say, like, we can actually have a friendly debate and we can totally, I can per- push this issue a little bit or like pursue a different option and then realize your option is right. And it doesn't have to be that I was like this terrible person who said something wrong. I just wanted to see what what, what else is out there. And then to say, like you said, say, I'm sorry. Like, not even, I'm sorry. Like, you're right. You're right. You're right. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. It's very I, I healthy. Used, when I was... 18 years old, I think I thought that having to say you're right or I'm wrong. Yeah. It was the most horrible thing in the world. Yeah. You know, so I still don't say it that often, (laughs) but I think it, I think it's an improvement. (laughs) When did you know your business was exploding? Like you went through all of this life change and all of these feelings and all these evolutions of yourself. When did you know I have arrived as a designer and I am one of the top designers in my field and it is like, I am, I am here. When did you know that? And how did you get there? Um, so when we, when, when we moved to Nashville from Dallas, it was another sort of big having to reinvent yourself moment because Dallas is a very unique market. People out there are, are a lot more, um, they're, they're extremely social. They mm-hmm. love to entertain bigger is better mm-hmm. and, and, uh, people dress and decorate differently than here. Um, so when, and you know, it just meant that I was losing that exact, that existing clientele. So when Sylvain, you know, came home one day to say, I have this incredible opportunity to move to Nashville. I, you know, I was like, Oh, here we go again. <laughs> I just got my footing in yeah. Dallas and now I have to start over. <laughs> yeah. But honestly, interestingly enough, it kind of happened the same way. You know, we took the time to kind of settle the kids in, find the schools. And I pretty much designed the house to make it a home. Mm-hmm. Uh, we had to buy it in two days. When we moved here, the market was so hot. I had not even seen it. Wow. Sylvain had to That's literally. Like right now, the market yes, is so hot. He had to make an offer because there was another offer behind oh, yeah. it. And it kept happening. So yeah. he, I finally said, I trust you. Yep. We'll make it work. Mm-hmm. Just buy it. Mm-hmm. So he did. And we, um, so I, I concentrated on that probably about for six months. And then again, um, neighbors that I had met who brought meals the way that people here do in the South, which is so incredible, (laughs) introduced themselves, brought a casserole. We were like, oh my gosh, what is this place? It's so incredible. Um, We, we, um, I met these other ladies. They saw the house, asked me to help them. Well, this time I was allowed to work. I had a model that I knew sort of how to recreate. Mm -hmm. I had to adapt to the style of these homes. And, you know, uh, people here are a little more casual. Mm -hmm. And it's definitely more the true South. Mm -hmm. There's an aesthetic, like a classic Southern style here Mm -hmm. that doesn't exist in Dallas. So learned that a little bit through my first projects. And then I quickly met one of my neighbor who again had just moved here was an extremely creative person her kids were actually just a little older than mine so she even had a little more freedom and she literally said i love what you're doing i mean i i I would love to work with you and her name is julia dunn she's still one of my dearest friend and so she was my first you know partner call her here and we started, we did faux finishes, we painted, you know, we, we picked um, paint colors for houses, we did small furniture, that's sort of how we got our foot in the door, and it evolved into so much more, started to work with builders. Was it I, more word of mouth? All, always. All word of mouth. Always. Because people eat with their eyes, they see it, and Correct. they're like, who did that? Correct. And, and honestly, you know, communication taking good care of your clients, you have to listen to them Mm -hmm. and you have to hold their hands when they panic. You can't just be like, trust me, I know what I'm doing. Mm -hmm. And then let them to, to, you know, like not sleep at night because it's a lot of money to design and build and renovate or whatever you're doing to house. It is. It's such a trusting relationship. Like you have to have, they put so much faith into you and sometimes they hardly know you Mm -hmm. most of the time. As a matter of fact, right Mm -hmm. now I'm doing entire houses remotely with clients who will meet me when they move into their beautiful new house that we will have built 
and furnished fully. Wow. I mean, that's a huge, huge trust into someone that you really do not know. Right. So I, um, that's, you know, about, I would say probably about almost two years, two, 10 years ago now is really when we started to turn down business and having wow. to choose our what projects. What a moment when you can turn down business. Yes. That is like such an amazing feeling to know that like you actually can just say no. I'm, yes. I'm, I'm kind of choosy. I'm picking. Yes. Because at first really I, you know, I still have a hard time saying no, that might be my biggest problem in business. <laughs> Uh, because once I see, if I agree to see a project, I'm in trouble because I usually, because <laughs> your mind explodes. They're, they're so nice. They need us so badly, <laughs> even though we're, I'm already working 24 seven, there is no more time, but you know, just got to a place where, I mean, the kids were still relatively young. I didn't want to miss. I also, we were starting to get asked to travel to different cities to do houses oh, wow. in Florida or, and I couldn't do that. My husband right. already traveled. I was the one to pick up the kids take mm-hmm. them to soccer and that you know I was perfectly happy with what I was doing so it was almost keeping the business on hold mm-hmm. like just doing what we were doing taking the perfect amount of project to try to have a good you know working slash parent life family balance. life uh-huh. and when they started to drive is when I mean that that was a life changer for my business because I could then take so much more and of course I also grew hiring more people help Um, but having employees is great and it's sort of we operate in a way that it's like my second family here now you know my I work with a lot of my best friends and I feel so fortunate about our relationship but it's still more work for me because I want to make sure that everything we do reflects my philosophy mm-hmm. and who I am as an interior designer. And so when other people are doing more work, it's, I still have my hand in that. So it just, right. I've learned quickly that adding more help does not mean that I'm working less. <laughs> yeah, it's not necessarily taking more off your plate. No, correct. So very important, I think, for women to, which goes back to something important that you said earlier, is just to be patient and sort of trust. And it made me sad to turn down a restaurant, you know, oh. while my kids were in middle school or... Wait, but how great you could trust your instinct, though, to be like, you know what? It's actually, it's not the time of my life for that. And I'm going to turn it down because I want to be present with my kids. But to like know that and to be able to have that guiding intuition, that's hard. You have to like know yourself. Well, you just have to know that if those opportunities are there now, just they will come around Mm -hmm. and they'll come around even bigger and better. You know, yeah, because so, you're not forcing it because you feel scared that you're going to lose it. Correct. If you're good at what you do. Yes. And yes. You, oh, that's a good piece of advice. You stay the course. It's yes. all going to happen really at the right time and in an even, an even better way. You know, that is such a wise piece of advice so. because you have this carrot dangling in front of you and you're like, oh, that's such a big opportunity for me. I want to do this. But like, it doesn't feel right. It feels rushed. It feels stressful. It feels too much. But if I turn it down, I'll never get something like this again. So I have to say yes. But really, then you end up suffering at the job. You end up suffering being a mom. You end up suffering because you knew your gut was telling you, no, it's not the time. Exactly. It's trusting that process, exactly. which you are really good at. Like You're really good at trusting the process. And it's so hard to not compare yourself and like see other women in the field or other people in the field doing this or doing that. And you're like, gosh, I should try to do that because I need to like catch up or have more or whatever. But you stayed the course and then look at you now, you know? Well, you know, some of it, I'd love to say that it's great wisdom, but it really was just, you know, my husband traveled and he was gone most weeks before the pandemic. And, you know, I was the one home who had to stop at four o'clock and Mm -hmm. pick up the children and, you know, take them to soccer. And I didn't really have a choice, but I really did learn to be at peace with that. Yeah. Because you know what? I just kept thinking, I'm still so young. I am just getting started. Yes. So when, by the time they're in college, yes, I'll go do the houses in Florida and I'll go do the houses in LA and I'll do a restaurant. I'll do 10 restaurants. And guess what I did this year? I did a house in Florida. I did a house in LA. That is exactly what I'm doing. That's amazing. You knew it would come in the right time. Absolutely. And I, 
not about to slow down. I mean, you know, I love what I do. I wake up every morning with new ideas and thinking about who am I meeting today and what are we going to create? And so, you know, people ask me sometimes, well, don't you want to slow down? Like, and I, I feel like, no, like I'm, I'm speeding up. I am exactly. <laughs> I am just getting started. I just, I love it. I'm eating it up. What do you want to tell a woman, a mom, or just a woman in general who feels like she has all this creativity, who feels like she has all this to offer the world, but she feels stuck. She doesn't feel like she can get going. She doesn't feel like she has a way to get into her the career that she wants she feels like it could never happen for her what do you want to tell that woman wow that is a tough question it is um definitely don't be shy to i think women view things like that as a as a weakness um and like talk to your pack talk to your people you know because that's sort of i may have never gone this path if i hadn't been talking to this friend her name is Pat Rothney, who lives in Ohio now. Um, if we wouldn't have had that chat where she also opened up and we realized we're feeling the same way and decided to do this together. And you started in your own home for no money. Correct. You just started, a, you, you found a way for it. Correct. You want to bake cakes for events. You want to cater, offer a friend to do her shower or her, right? Like mm-hmm. do, it's at first I completely did it for free, mm-hmm. but I mean, it really is just put yourself out there, you Mm -hmm. know, talk to other people about let them know what what your talent is, let them know what your talent is, or even try to figure out that talent with them. Cause I, you know, sometimes we just don't know. I've always envied people like, so my son have been saying that he would go into medical school for years. He just always knew. He always sort of knew. Uh And now he's in medical school (laughs) and thank God he adores it. He loves it. He always knew that that was sort of his path. And I, I was never that way. I'm interested in so many things. I Mm -hmm. feel like people ask me sometimes, you know, what would you do if you were to do this all over again? Well, now that I know what happens in my story, (laughs) I'd do it all over again. But you know, when I was 20 if I you know would choose a different major or something I I mean I don't even know what to tell you I would love to be a vet because I'm crazy about animals I would love to be a chef because I love to cook and I think oh my gosh when I look at women chef they're such badasses yes um there's so many things that I feel like I could be interested in pursuing it kind of happened a little bit by accident right but it's because I tried Mm -hmm. and I put myself out there and, and you I, fought I, for I it. I fought for it, correct. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, don't be scared to. I, we went and met a builder and basically said, we can do your model home so much better than whoever's doing that. And you'd never done one before. Your house is so well built, but you're not showing it well. Let us, we'll do it for you. We'll show you what we can do. You so know? you just put yourself out there immediately with never having really done it before. Absolutely. Just so just confidence. trust yourself. Yes. yes. Be confident. Yes, and take those risks and walk yes. into it confidently. Maybe you don't have as much experience as someone, but you know you have what it takes and you know you have the determination and drive to do it. Absolutely. So just put, I love that. Put yourself in those situations. And I love that you said start with your people. Let them know yes. what you love. Yes. And then try to find little opportunities to showcase that. Exactly. That's amazing. Exactly. Gosh, Marie Jo, that's amazing. So I always wrap up with Leave Your Light. Obviously, this whole podcast has been super inspiring. What do you want people to know? What what do you want people to know? Like when you like on if you're like speaking to a, a crowd of women, people, whatever, what do you want them to know about life? Wow, that is <laughs> just a very broad question. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just a little easy one to end with. <laughs> um, I mean, I I think that when I look at my daughter's generation which is probably not too far from your generation. (laughs) But when I look at young women following us and how they seem to put so much value into balance and really not being scared of pursuing their passion, maybe over monetary things. Mm -hmm. um, I have so much respect for that. I'm far from believing that they will not be successful because they don't care as much about money. Mm-hmm. I think that a lot of times I feel like they're more interested in the experiences mm-hmm. and, and 
in what life will bring them and what they can do for the world. And again, it goes back to passion. Like if go and do what you're truly passionate about, because if you are, if you do have that passion and you're willing to work hard at it, mm-hmm. and I don't mean working hard in the sense of not having a life and working 24 um, you're going to be successful and you will have an impact on the wor- the people, the world around you. Um, I find that so inspiring because I do think that our generation was a little more driven by, you know, get into the rat race, you know, so you can make money, go and work in a corporation or a big company and work as much as you can in so many hours so that you can get a promotion as fast as you can and go up and up and up. And I think that a lot of children have watched their their parents work so hard and are sort of thinking that's not like that's not what I want and I want to have soul in my career yes yes and but then then the parent in me wants to say but I mean you love going to, on ski trips and you've loved going to <laughs> so you gotta make that money too <laughs> you're gonna need a little money <laughs> But I think it's great to sort of let them like, you know, when you're young and you're idealist and it's great to to see just have faith in what that might lead to, because I I don't I think that they're not saying they don't want to work hard. They're just saying that they're basing their decision on something different than maybe we did. Yeah. Um, Does that make sense? That makes a lot of sense. Working more for soul and not money and the money will come is really what they believe. Correct. Like if they've. If you're if pursue your passion, pursue what's in your heart, the money will follow. Correct. Not leading for the not working for the money. Correct. And I mean, I honestly, that's sort of how I started. Mm-hmm. And even nowadays, I think what the projects that I choose are thoroughly more motivated by how interesting the experience that mm-hmm. it might bring us, rather than solely a monetary decision. Because ultimately, we're not out there to just crank out that many, you know, I do this because I love what I do. I love that I have the opportunity of to change people's life in a very small way. But but to give them a home, yes, where they feel, as you said, say they come home and it feels safe and it's a haven, 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 that where they can relax. And especially right now, you know, home has proven to be more important than ever. Yeah. It doesn't matter how small or big it is. Mm -hmm. So, so that to me, that is my biggest reward is when a client, you know, walks in and it's done and sometimes they cry, which is so great. (laughs) Sometimes they jump up and down, but just like the, and, and they'll write us a thank you note that says, you know, it was just the house. It was just it was just walls and now it's a home and we love it so much and we're so happy here. That's amazing. And it just, yeah, that's ultimately really why we do this. That's amazing. So. Marie Jo, you are incredible. This was such an amazing interview. Wasn't too scary, was it? A little bit, but you made me very comfortable. You are so comfortable and great at this. And what a great idea. What a great, great initiative. I mean, that speaks exactly to what we just talked about. Well, Empire, and I, I mean, the thought that you're trying to empower women through sharing our experiences. Um, well, is, I feel that way. So great. I want to showcase women who are doing amazing things and to show other women that like, it's not really easy for any woman, but you can still do it. Like your journey, if someone might look at you on Instagram or in an article or something and think, God, how did she get all that? That's amazing. How'd she get to this place? But really, if you hear your story, it's a journey. It's been a ride for you. Oh, It's been some highs and lows. And I think yes. every woman especially needs to know that, that there isn't this one person who's just had it so easy. It's just, you have to get into that journey and like trust it and it's going to be good. It's going to be bad, but don't feel upset if you're lost for a moment because we all are lost. We are. And we grow the, it sounds so cliche, but we do grow from all of that. Yeah. I mean, there are so many meltdowns and there have been projects where people walk in and they go, Ooh, this is not what I expected. And then you just have to adjust and think, how can we make you happy? What can you do? You know, it's their Mm -hmm. home. Mm -hmm. And so it's not always rosy. I certainly didn't mean to make it sound that way, but but you, you never give up. You adjust, you turn around and Mm -hmm. you think, how can I fix that? And that's even exciting. Challenges are exciting to me. And you just, yeah, no woman needs to back down or be scared of anything. We're, we're all so strong. We just have to, to, you know, find out what we are 
good at and what we because it's not always as easy for us to find that i agree we all have something that we're so good at and we all can we just have to find it you just have to start with curiosity and then start pursuing it however you can and just let it evolve just like you have with your story and then who knows maybe one day you're one of the best designers in nashville tennessee like you marie joe because you trusted your curiosity and your journey and you fought for it and you wrote it out it's i mean it's inspiring it's so inspiring Thank you so much. This was such a fun chat. And I cannot wait for you to see your own bedroom oh at the God, end I'm of so this. Excited. I know, I know. It'll be so fun. Well, you're the best. And thank you so much for joining me. I'm just so honored to have you as a guest, as a person that I admire in my life, and you designing my room. It's really a privilege to know you and to have this conversation. So thank you for joining me. Thank you. Bye. Diamonds Direct has done it again. This month only, get ready for an offer you can't resist. Buy a natural diamond engagement ring of one carat plus and receive a free natural one carat diamond tennis bracelet valued at $2,000. That's right, a stunning diamond tennis bracelet at no extra cost. Imagine giving her the ring of her dreams and her wedding gift all at once. So hurry into Diamonds Direct. Your chance to get a free tennis bracelet will not last long. Details at DiamondsDirect.com. Your new home journey starts at Fisher Homes, where everything is red, white, and new. Explore exclusive summer savings and start your journey by selecting your ideal home site and your dream community. Choose from a variety of expertly designed floor plans and bring your style to life at the Lifestyle Design Center. Are you looking for a quick move-in ready home instead? Fisher Homes has options for those, too. Fill out a form to connect with a new home advisor at fisherhomes.com to get started today before the sun sets on summer savings. You wouldn't expect to hear that we're America's third best city for beer like this one. Or home to vibes like this. And this. It might surprise you that we're top 10 for immersive art that's like. Whoa. And. Hmm. Not to mention, we have one of the top zoos in the country. So can a city with the country's best pro soccer team, ranking as a top culinary destination in the world, be in your own backyard? Yes, Columbus. Plan your summer at experiencecolumbus.com slash summer.